But 1 John 5 and 4, it simply says, please excuse me. I'm being told to, to drink. <clears throat> Is that better? No, that got worse. <laughs> that got worse. Give it up for the sound, man. <laughs> I love this church. <laughs> First job. <laughs> First John 5, 4, and 5. It says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And you said that earlier, Pastor Wes. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And if I can encourage you just for one, one simple thought, with one simple thought is simply when God uses a loophole <clears throat> ever since the fall of man mankind has been operating under some type of law to govern his life various laws came into play because of sin most laws highlight what we would or wouldn't do and tell us that we should or shouldn't do it other laws and parameters and boundaries point out our limitations, inefficiencies, and inabilities. In the Garden of Eden, God provided the opportunity for us to live without limitations, without disappointments, without failures, without setbacks. But the negative pull of sin on our lives in this world has created laws and rules and restrictions that ultimately work against or at the very least restrict us from doing what we need to do. <clears throat> you have the law of probability. It says if you do something 100 times, you'll probably only get it right about 10 of those times. You have Murphy's law. <clears throat> Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. I found this one to be real interesting. Gumperson's Law. It says the contradictory of a welcome probability will assert itself whenever such an event is likely to be most frustrating. What does that mean? Parking spaces are usually on the other side of the street. After you get a raise, you find out you have less money at the end of the month. <clears throat> you have a better chance at starting an accidental forest fire by throwing a burnt match out of your car window than you do by standing in front of your fireplace with two boxes of matches, the Sunday paper, and a dry log. You have the law of gravity. What goes up must come down. But when we, as believers, come to God and trust in him, God will turn things around, even defy certain laws, just for a believer. For a believer, he'll defy the law of science and nature. Jesus walked on water to prove to the believer that nature couldn't stop him. 
Jesus raised the dead to prove to the believer that the grave couldn't hold them. God made bitter water sweet to prove to the believer that a negative situation can't confine him. God parted the Red Sea to prove to the believer that everything must obey him. For a believer, he'll defy the laws of time. The world will tell us, or the world will try to tell us, that all things change with the passing of time. But the word of God says in Hebrews 13 and 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. For a believer, he'll defy the laws of finance and math. In finance, they have what's called the law of diminishing returns, which simply says that the return you get on whatever it is that you do will decrease every time you do it. But what I found out to be that every day with Jesus gets sweeter than the day before. The law of division simply suggests that what that when you take a fixed number and divide it, the original number gets smaller. It decreases, becomes less. But I read in my Bible, when Jesus took two fish and five loaves, he blessed it and broke it and divided it amongst the multitude and he had extra in 12 baskets to give to them for the next couple of days. For a believer, he'll, de he'll defy the laws of the priesthood. We won't take the time now, but when you get a chance, read Hebrews 7, 11 through 28. That's Hebrews 7, 11 through 28. When you read it at home, at home uh, for your leisure time, just read that and just watch how Jesus changed things. Jesus wasn't from the line of the priesthood. Jesus wasn't a part of the Levitical priesthood. The priesthood we know came from the line of Levi that you had to be a part of Aaron's family. That was the priesthood that was defined in Moses' time. But Jesus is a priest in the order of Melchizedek. The priests through the law were thought to be above the people. But Jesus' priesthood was better because he was made through love for the people. The Bible says that we don't have a high priest that can't be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. The priests at that time were meant to stay away from the people only during times of going in to make atonement for sins. They went in and had to be clean. And if they weren't clean, they had to be pulled out. But the priesthood that Jesus walks in, Jesus is the perfect priesthood because he is clean. As a matter of fact, he's the cleaner of all sin. And Jesus, we don't, he doesn't have to go in for us. We can come in to him. Because the Bible says that now we can come boldly before the throne of... Y'all read that before. And not only is he making petition and intercession for us as someone who has heard of our infirmities, but Jesus, the Bible says that he, like all of us, was tempted in all ways, but he didn't sin. So he is intimately, intimately engaged with what we deal with on a daily basis. Jesus knows the fights that we deal with because he had to deal with them. Jesus knows the pains and the struggles and the attacks and the temptations that we go through because the Bible says that he went through every single one of them. Jesus had to go through friends turning on him. Jesus had to go through or be tempted with exalting himself above what the father wanted for him to do. 
Jesus had to go through being at a time where he had no place to lay his head. Jesus had to go through dealing with so much agony that even, his, that even he wanted to change the hand of God. But yet he still submitted and was obedient unto death. So we have him praying for us as a priest, as our great high priest. If we look back at 1 John 5 and 4, it says, and I'm going to read it again, just for emphasis. For whatever is born of God. Now, see, we can't get that twisted. Because what's happening is we have a lot of teachings that's going on that's, that's giving out cheap grace. Right? And you have a lot of people who think that just because they came and cried or had an emotional experience... They believe that, oh yeah, I have access to everything that God has given. Not so. We as human beings will have emotional experiences with anything. But when you come and you're born of God, meaning that you died to your old self, but you are now regenerated and live a new life in him. But it says, not for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Pastor West called us more than conquerors. And then she said, we have overcome. An overcomer is someone who comes to a situation, but by the grace of God, you get over it. So the things that come to discourage you, by you being an overcomer, God helps you to do what? Get over it. When people, your friends, begin to leave you and talk about you, say all oh, matter of evil against you, you may come to that gossip, but God gives you power to get over it. Right? Everything that the enemy throws at you, it may hurt you, it may hit you and affect you, but because of the power of God in you, through his Holy Spirit, you can come to it and get over it. But we overcome the world. But then it goes on to say, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Tell somebody when God uses a loophole. Now verse 5 says, who is he who overcomes the world? And it asks a question, but it's a, it's a rhetorical question because he's already given the answer. It says, who is he that overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the son of God? You want to deal with your problems? Start believing that Jesus is the Son of God. And remember, to be a believer is not just a thought process. It's an action. If you believe that Minister Hardwick put a billion dollars in your bank account, even though you didn't get to the bank, you'll start acting like a billionaire because you believe it, right? Minister Harwick, whenever you want to do what you want, God bless you, sir. Right? But you act like what you believe, even if you don't see it. I had to behave myself in school because I believed that if I didn't, my father was going to see me when I got home. I didn't want to act like it, but I know I better had act like it because I believe what he would do. 
I had the desire to go off and do what I wanted to do, but because of my belief system, because I knew Sergeant James Wilson Sr. would see me once I got home, I acted a certain way. So when you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, when you believe that Jesus has all power in his hands, when you believe that Jesus is Mary's baby, when you believe that Jesus is the King of Kings, when you believe that Jesus put the government upon his shoulders, when you believe that Jesus created all things including Satan, when you believe that Jesus has all power in his hands, when you believe that Jesus is all power in the universe, when you believe that Jesus controls all power, when you believe that Jesus is the one who grants life, when the world starts to do these crazy things, when the world starts to set crazy things in motion, you know that you're a believer in the one that controls the world. You believe in the one who's controlling the world. You believe in the one who has all power to intervene in this world system. That's a believer. But if I can, I want to read that same verse to you, those same two verses in the New Living Translation. I like the way they put it. In the New Living Translation, 1 John 5 and 4, I'll read it to you. It says, for every child of God defeats this evil world. <laughs> Somebody should have ran off of that. And we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Don't you dare think that this world is out for you. Even the ones that are living of the world, the world is actually going to turn on them in the end. Because the Bible tells us in Mark 8 and 36, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and lose his soul? So you may see people winning right now. It may seem like Satan and his team got the upper hand. It may seem like those who are living unrighteous lives and wicked lives that they are on top of the world. But I believe it was in the 37th Psalm, it says, fret not over evildoers, for they will soon be cut up. Right? Right? Now this world system is designed to cause everybody to leave God out. Because remember, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. He's designed this system from the beginning for us to make decisions by reason as opposed to divine revelation. That's what got Adam and Eve in trouble. They saw the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and wanted to make decisions on their own. Whereas if they had just came to God, he was going to tell them everything they needed. And not only tell them everything they needed, but put them on a path of success because they were following his word. They trusted in him. They had faith in what he said to do. And right there, that's our loophole. The loophole that God uses is our faith in him over and above what we see happening in this world. The things that the enemy has decided in this world, the parameters, the guidelines, the bylaws, the, 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 the laws, the everything that's set up to keep you confined and bound to this world, when you trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you not only get a free ticket to heaven, but you get access to bring a little bit of heaven down here on earth. Right? You get access to heaven to invade history. 
So when you're a believer in Christ and things start going wrong, people wonder, how is it that you're able to stand in everything you're going through? It's because heaven is down here with me. How can you live in the midst of that disease that's killing everybody else? It's because I got a little bit of heaven down here with me. I have access. You have access. We have access into calling on to God and him sending heaven down to invade where we are in the midst of this world. The Bible says that we're to be in the world but not of the world. That we're ambassadors of another kingdom. If you see what an ambassador does, and I love the way Tony Evans drew this up. He drew the way he drew this up. He says that we're ambassadors of another kingdom. And if you know anything about an ambassador, an ambassador is governed and empowered by the laws of their home country in the land of another country. But watch this. It's not only you're governed and empowered and protected by your home country, but where you stand. The land in a foreign country, that piece of land belongs to your home country. So if you stand and walk in faith, no matter where you are, you're an ambassador of God. So you are walking in heaven on earth. Wherever you stand, if you're an ambassador of God, you should have heaven on earth. You may have to deal with the things of this world, but you have access to heaven on earth to turn those things, to bind those things, to loose those things to cause those things that were going against you, but to turn around for your good. You have access to God to pray to heaven through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit comes and make those things happen through you because you're walking by faith. Our faith, in the, our faith is in the truth of God's word and who his son is. When we walk by faith, trusting who Jesus is, even in the facts, even if the facts are against us, they can't control the outcome. Jesus can cause the facts to fail for a believer. That's our loophole. The rest of the world is watching and seeing things play out and they just go ahead and give in. Or they'll use worldly devices to achieve their goals. But even then, we know that there's destruction at the end of that path. But when we walk with God, when we walk by the light of his word, right? And we do his good will. What a glory he says on the way, right? Y'all know that song. But when we're walking with God, we're walking in intimacy. We're getting to know him. We're getting to try him. He's putting us through our, not a test, but to grow our faith in him. Pastor West, you said that earlier. I told you you, was in my you were in my message and I, you would have done it better than me. But we're walking with God, gaining intimacy. When you first get married, you may know your spouse, but you don't know your spouse. And don't nobody get the big head because you don't know who you are either. Right? So neither one of you, neither one of you know the other one and you don't know each other, don't know yourselves. I can say that. It'll be 20 years in December. I'm still learning who I am. I feel, I feel sorry for her. <laughs> right? But it's not, it's only through intimate 
walking. It's only through the ups and downs. It's only through the hurts and the pains. It's only through the struggles and the good times and how you struggle in the good times. That's how you learn your spouse. That's how you learn who they are. That's how you learn who you are with them. Walking with Jesus is no different. When you walk with Christ through the vicissitudes of this life, when you walk with Christ through all the ups and downs that this world will give you, when you walk with Christ in everything that goes on in your life, when things get taken away from you, do you still give him praise? When things shut down, do you still lift him up? When the world turns on you, do you still turn to him? When they speak all manner of evil against you, do you still speak well of him? Right? That's walking by faith. And that's because you've trusted and tried him. You've depended on him. And when we walk that type of life in this world, that's when God would take the facts and cause them to fail. So every fact may be a real fact. It may be factual that you don't have enough. It may be factual that you aren't educated enough. It may be factual that you aren't, don't have the right, right amount of connections. It may be factual that that person hurts you. It may be factual that you may not have access to economic resources and other things to help you, help you advance. But although those are the facts, the truth is my God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The truth is my God can lift me up and bring me out of obscurity and set me on a place on high to stay. The truth is that Jesus Christ owns everything. The truth is that Jesus made all things and there was nothing that was made that wasn't made by his hand. The truth is that Jesus is the only one who can change anything and turn it around for his own good. It's the truth that Jesus at the beginning of the beginning of the world took nothing and made something. So if he could take nothing and make something, surely he could take my little mess and make something out of it. We don't only have to know the word, but we have to experience God in our daily walk. That's how our faith is strengthened. We don't trust in just anything before it's tested. Right? It's by faith. It's faith. When this world has the goods on you, when this world has you boxed in, it's your faith in God that gets you out of this world system. It's your faith in God that causes you to rise above what this world would put on you. And the world may not understand it because they said, we have these things in place. How did you get there? It's by faith. A little story, and then we're going to go. I was, I was at a job a long time ago. So none of my recently previous employers, I'm not talking about you. This is a long time ago. I was working as a staff accountant. And there was quite a few of us on the floor, all staff accountants doing different variations of the accounting function, but we were all staff accountants, being paid along the same salary band. We merged with another facility, another, another agency, and we were the surviving agency. So everybody in the fiscal department all got promotions and increases just because we were the surviving agency 
our rules and laws were going to govern what the new agency was going to do. Everybody got promoted to senior accountant and got a new salary band. My promotion and my, my increase came with a caveat that I could only get it if I took the dirty job. I had to travel three to almost four times longer than what I normally would have to go to the other facility that we just took over. And they said that the only way you can get this increase, the only way that you can get this promotion was to take the job, but now you have to travel 30, almost 40 miles one way. When I was traveling eight to 10 miles. Now I needed the money. I wanted the promotion. I had gone to college. I did everything I was supposed to do. I, this is how it should go. I'm following the rules. But in order to get what everybody else was getting, I had to do something that nobody else wanted to do. And they told me plainly that the only way you're going to get this, you have to go out there. I had to go all the way to Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, every day. Thank you. She know where Bay Ridge is, right? Exit four on the Belt Parkway, right? But I got a little upset and I was a little turned off by this because I knew that it was something that they didn't want to give me, but it was something that they were going to give me because nobody else wanted to do it. Everybody else wanted to stay close to home. Everybody else still wanted to bask on in being in the, the, the beautiful lands that were in Long Island, but the place that was in Brooklyn didn't look so hot. And you were going into enemy territory because the people we took over really didn't like us. But I was upset, I was frustrated, and I was aggravated. But then something said, who is your father? Who do you serve? Who do you trust in? So I called for a meeting with the executive director over the whole agency. And I went and pleaded my case. After I prayed, I pleaded my case. And when the executive director heard it, they said, we can't do anything for you by way of calling you or giving you the promotion to senior accountant or giving you that increase. But then the executive director called the person over HR and put it to them. And HR said, no, there's nothing we can do. Even if we gave him the promotion, we can't give him the increase because the salary ban that's with that title only goes up to a certain point. So they started talking. The next thing I heard was, give him an even better promotion. Since he's going out there to do the dirty work, give him dirty work money. So now the promotion that I got was above everybody else and my increase was twice as much. Don't you dare get stuck on what this world tries to hold you to. Don't you dare get stuck on what this world tries to set you up for. Just know that if you have faith in God and walk in the righteousness of his word, God will use that as a loophole to their rules and laws and give you the blessing he has set for you. Give God a praise. We have to walk this life by faith. There's no other way that we're going to make it through.
because everything is going to come at us is going to try and deter us from trusting in God. Satan can't keep you from getting to heaven if you're a true believer, but he can keep you from experiencing a little bit of heaven before you actually go there. And if we aren't experiencing some type of heaven on earth, we won't share his word. If we aren't experiencing some type of heaven on earth, we won't go out and win souls because we'll be so beat up, battered, and torn down that even when we say, God is good, people are not going to believe us. Right? Right? Paul said that he's going to rejoice in his infirmities. He said he's going to lift up the name of God in his weakness. He said that he's going to cry aloud and spare not, even though he's suffering with a thorn in his side because he's seen the goodness of God in the land of the living. And that's what we have to do. Our faith has to push us to that. Our faith has to push us to trust God even when what we see is not consistent with what he says. Uh, there's an acronym that I love. There's a theologian that I follow. They gave the acronym for faith. And it's simply F-A-I-T-H. It's finding almighty in the history. When you can go back and find God in the history of your life, in the history of the world, and see how God turned things around for others, see how God caused others to get out of their sick bed and walk, see how God raised the dead, see how God caused others to have increase from everything trying to decrease what they have, then your faith will start to pick up and say, if God, you did it for them, I know you can do it for little old me. When you trust in God to give you what you need, when all that you had is run out, that's when God's, when your faith in God will cause heaven to open and you'll start to see things happening. You'll start to get a peace that surpasses all understanding in the midst of your troubles. God will give you everything that you need so that you can continue to exalt and praise him. And if you're a real overcomer, you won't wait to see the outcome. You'll walk by faith because we know in him we've already overcome. If we're in a desert, by faith, we'll expect them to eventually put a river. When things aren't going our way, by faith, we know he's working them out for our good. Our afflictions may be many, but by faith, we know he'll deliver us out of them all. We must strengthen our faith feet. Tell somebody, strengthen your faith feet. Faith is not doing anything unless it's moving. Your faith has to take on feet. You can't sit in faith. You can't stand in faith. You can't wallow in faith. You can't jump around in faith. The Bible says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. So your faith will guide you in darkness. Your faith will guide you in obscurity. Your faith will guide you in cloudy days. Your faith will guide you when there's a veil over you. Because the Bible says that you put a lamp unto my feet and a light to my pathway. So I don't have to see my destination. I don't have to see the road. All I have to do is see Jesus. And you can see Jesus in the dark because he's the light of the world. And by faith you can walk on. By faith you can move through it. By faith you can leap over buildings. By faith you can run through troops. By faith you can lay in your sick bed and say I'm healed. By faith you can stand with nothing in your hand and say I am rich. By faith your family can be healed. 
By faith, your loved ones can be saved. By faith, you can defeat the enemy. By faith, you can overcome the world. Give God a praise. David said in the 23rd Psalm, verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, so even if there's a shadow of you dying, even if there's a shadow of things ending, even if there's a shadow of everything coming to a culmination, David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear any evil because watch what God does. Because he walked through the valley of the shadow of death, God said, I'm going to be with you. But not only am I going to be with you, I'm going to give you my rod and my staff, my protection and my provision. Because it's in the valley. It's in your valley experience. When you're walking by faith, we can't get frustrated in the valley. Because if you get frustrated in the valley, you'll miss out on the provision. When you're on the mountaintop, the air is thin. When you're on the mountaintop, things don't grow as much. When you're on the mountaintop, the water is frozen. But it's not until when you're in the valley it seemed like things are just going wrong. It seems like things are just hurting you. It seemed like things are just topsy-turvy and rolling around. But it's in the valley where provision is given. For he said, he shall lead me by the still waters. That's the valley. He said, he shall lead me into green pastures. That's the valley. He said that he'll prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. So that means I'm going to eat in the valley. So when you're in the valley of your lifetime, when you're in the valley of your health, when you're in the valley of your mind, don't get discouraged. Don't become dismayed. Just continue to walk by faith because God will use your valley as a loophole and he'll start giving you things. He'll start turning things around. You'll find out in the valley, you'll get strength. You'll find out in the valley, you'll get peace. You'll find out in the valley, you'll get love. You'll find out in the valley, you'll get joy. You'll find out in the valley that you'll get happiness. You'll find out in the valley, you'll get righteousness. You'll find out in the valley that you'll get sanctification. You'll get justification. You'll get intimate with God. You'll get close to God. You'll begin to walk with God. You'll begin to talk with God. You'll begin to share with God. He'll begin to share with you. He'll give you his power. He'll give you his spirit. He'll give you his joy. All because you walk by faith. Give God a praise. Come on and let's praise our God.